Welcome to Zaslow Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 3. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No, before. For day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0, my guys Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna Jarn Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff, and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com. 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome. Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Monday, the 16th of October. Good to have you aboard. We are part of the Believe Podcast Network. And, of course, everything Zaslow Show 2.0 presented by our title sponsor, Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE, 800-747-3733. If you're dealing with a personal injury, you've had an accident. It could be slip and fall, motorcycle, boating accident, car accident. Maybe you're dealing with a medical malpractice situation. Well, in the state of Florida here, Florida boasts some of the highest medical malpractice payouts in the country, and their team at Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, they want to help you get the money that you deserve. Contact them now, 800-747-FREE, 800-747-3733. We are almost through week seven, week six, yes, week six of the NFL season. I almost skipped ahead. We are almost through week six of the NFL season tonight. You have Chargers, Cowboys, Monday Night Football. The Dolphins, of course, improved to what is now a league-best 
5-1 on the season. And with football being in full swing, you guys know, Bet Online, your number one information source for all your sports wagering info. With all the up-to-the-minute stats, news, scores, matchup, breakdowns, get the latest game odds. Be ready for Monday Night Football tonight. All the spreads, the totals for all your NFL, for all your college football action, it's at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on stats, news, and odds all through the college football playoff, all through the Super Bowl. BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the BetOnline website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, and you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So, glad to have you aboard here. I got to start off with a little bit of house cleaning here as I apologize for the end of last week. So on Friday, Friday morning, I'm, I'm starting to do this show. And, and, and here, I'll, I'll let you behind the scenes a little bit. I'm about to have our friend Ruthie Polinsky from NBC Chicago on the show. Catch up with her do a little football talk with her. And right as we're starting the, 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 you know, the Zoom meeting so I could tape the guest, I lose internet in my house. And, all right, fine. So, I, 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 could, still, I could still do my show. I could still record my Zaslow Show 2.0. And when the internet gets restored, there was a neighborhood outage. And, you know, maybe that would only take a couple hours. Remember, this is Friday morning. So I record the show, and I even say at the beginning of the show, and the show is available right now, wherever you're listening to Zaslow Show 2.0, however you get your podcast, the show is available right now. It's called Better Late Than Never. That was Friday's show. My internet was not restored again until Saturday night. I was able to record my whole show. I couldn't have a guest on, because that takes internet. I was able to record my whole show, and I even say at the beginning of the show, guys, I'm recording this right now. I don't know if you're ever going to hear it. And if, if you are hearing it right now, then the internet's back up and running. My internet didn't get going again until late Saturday night. And Sunday, I had a super busy day. And we'll get to that in a second. So I was only able to post Friday's show Sunday afternoon. So you may be waking up today and you got a couple episodes of Zaslow Show 2.0. This episode that you're listening to right now is today's show, Monday's show. But I guess you got a little bit of a bonus episode titled Better Late Than Never, where, you know, I told you all the big games and the not big games. We talked about Thursday Night Football. Whatever else I got to me, it was three days ago. I hardly remember the shows. They, they all intertwine, all right? I have a very difficult time remembering from one day to the next. But I figured, like I said, Better Late Than Never we will put the show out. And, yeah, so you, you kind of get a double dose of Zaslow Show 2.0 today. Now, so I, I apologize. The internet took till Saturday, like 11 p.m. Saturday night. I had to watch, I, I, I just, now luckily, I was out, I had soccer all day on Saturday, and then I had to go somewhere else late night. We were in Coral Springs the whole weekend, so I was able to catch, like, the last half of the Canes game by the time I got home. Because we got home really late on Saturday night. But I wouldn't have been able to even watch the Canes game here if I got home in time. We were at soccer all day. Soccer tournament for my son's soccer team. Western Select U15 2009 boys. 
But we were gone the whole night anyway. If I was home, I wouldn't even be able to watch the Canes game. Because that's the thing now. Like, you guys know, I cut the cord, got rid of cable a little more than three years ago. Great decision. But because the entire house now is so reliant on the internet, we couldn't watch any kind of television for like two days. It's all connected. So we had to watch it on our phone if we want because you get the the 5G, the cellular service, you know? And yeah, so it, it was a disaster this weekend as far as the internet situation. So I apologize. You guys weren't able to get the show Friday. It did come out yesterday. So you got a little bit of a, a, a double little bonus episode if you want as far as Zaslow Show 2.0. Big thanks to everyone who came by yesterday. I told you we had the Johnny Cuba, <coughs> excuse me, Zaslow Show 2.0 tailgate at the Dolphin game yesterday morning. Big success. Very big success. So many people came by. We were given out. I mean, we had cases. My man Willie, of course, Juan, it, it, Johnny Cuba's his. Juan was there with his whole family, his wife, Myra. Their kids were all there. We had a massive crew, all right? You had the big Johnny Cuba tent. You had the signage. We had a bar. We were giving out Johnny Cubas. We had cases of Johnny Cuba. We couldn't give out as much. Uh, uh, we couldn't give out enough, I mean. People are coming by. We're giving Johnny Cuba. So you guys already know. If you're looking for Johnny Cuba, if you've never tried it, your local Sedanos, Fresco Imas, Winn-Dixie, Presidente, you go pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, and you're going to say, Zazlo, this is my new favorite beer. It's so delicious. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I've been telling you about it for about a year now. So thanks to everybody who came by to the tailgate yesterday. We had a great time. And, of course, my man Raul, Are You Hungry Grill? He was out there with us. The whole setup, it was catered. We had so much food. It was awesome. It was a great time. So, again, thanks to everybody who came out and had a good time with us yesterday. Tailgating, Dolphins, Panthers. Dolphins took that ass, of course. And I got to tell you something. So, I haven't done, like, a proper tailgate in God knows how long. I'm 42 years old now. And, you know, when we talk about tailgating, all right, plenty of Dolphin game. For a 1 p.m. Dolphin game, we'll show up at 11, 11.30. Get together with some buddies who have this set up. They're doing their tailgates, sometimes my cousins. So, great. Have a good time. I haven't done like this in, I couldn't even tell you how long. So, I got to the stadium when the gates opened. Got there. With Johnny Cuba, we had the whole crew there, were ready to set up. We got there, inside the gates, they're letting people in about 8.30. So, like 8.20, 8.30 a.m., we're in there. We're setting up. Doesn't take long to set up, but the point is, you got all these other cars that are coming, and all these other trucks, pickup trucks, they all got their grills and the whole deal. And at 8.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., everyone is setting up. And it's like, the production for all of these tailgates. I know a lot of you guys are listening right now, like, Zazlo, yeah, we do this every week. I don't understand who has the energy for all of this. And then if you're doing it on a Saturday for the Canes, and then the next day, Sunday for the Dolphins. Now look, I think it's really cool, and I could totally see the communal environment, the communal atmosphere. You all set up in like the same row, same aisle the same spots every week, and it's like a family-type deal. Really cool. But man, like the 
effort that goes into this every single week. And you set up, you know, we're all set up. We got the, you know, the catering's getting ready to go. We got the big grills. We got the bar. It's 9 a.m. now. Everyone is starting to drink. The game doesn't start for four hours. This, who has, again, who has the energy for this every single week? Like I said, had a great time. But man, you guys who are doing this every single week, God bless. You're the best fans. You really are. Because besides that, you know, your season tickets are thousands of dollars. That means also every single week, every home game, hundreds of dollars. You're spending to put on these awesome tailgate parties and putting the grill together and then breaking it all down and cleaning it and putting it all away. It's a production. So, had a great time yesterday, but man, I kept saying to myself, I can't believe the people who are doing this every single week. You guys are doing it right. I guess you got it down to a science. You know what you're doing. Because, man, it was lit out there. By by 9.30 a.m., place is bouncing. Couldn't, I, I, like I said, I... I haven't done I haven't done a proper tailgate like that in years, and you, you guys know what you're doing. And the weather was really nice too; wasn't wasn't too hot. It was a really good deal. So shout out Johnny Cuba, one of our best sponsors here, Zaslow Show 2.0. Are you hungry? Grill, my man Raul. He was doing it right there yesterday too. Oh my God, the burger's so good. So anyway, thanks to everybody who came, everybody who hung out with us. Now, as far oh, and also. Big thank you, too, to you guys who were listening to me on Friday night. I did ESPN Radio, filled in on Amber and Ian. So I was co-hosting with my girl, Amber Wilson. Prob- honestly, and it really shouldn't be a surprise because, shit, I Amber was my co-host for over five years, right? Shouldn't be a surprise. I I think it's the best show that I've done so far on ESPN Radio, what we did on Friday night. It was, I just, I felt so good about it. It was so much fun. We had a lot to talk about. The three hours go by so quick. Matter of fact, for the next three weeks, the next three Sundays, I'm doing ESPN Radio game day. So we're going to be on from 1 to 4 p.m. on Sunday. And that's like red zone on the radio. Just bouncing around from game to game. Updates everywhere. So for the next three Sundays, I'm doing game day, 1 to 4 p.m. I hope you guys can listen. And actually, the timing of being asked to do that is perfect because, like, I won't be on during the Dolphin game this Sunday because the Dolphins are Sunday Night Football. The week after that, I will be on during the Dolphin game. They're hosting New England, so I'll have the Dolphins on while I'm doing the show. And then the week after that, the Dolphins are playing 9.30 in the morning, right? 9 a.m., 9.30 in Germany. So that game will end, and then I'm hosting ESPN Game Day. So the timing's actually really good as far as the Dolphins schedule. I hope you guys listen this weekend. I'm doing the show with Herm Edwards. But... If you were listening on Friday, Amber and Ian, I filled in for Ian Fitzsimmons doing the show with Amber Wilson. And you may be saying, Zaslow, how'd you do the show if your internet was out? Yeah, like around 3 p.m., I, I gathered all the equipment here. I was like, I, I got to go drive to Aventura. I got I to go to my mother's. I'm going to do the show from there. And I did. So I did the show from my mother's condo in Aventura. And it went... It, Amazing, right? How you could do these live radio shows just wherever you want. I picked up all the equipment. I set it up over there. Easy peasy. So thanks to everybody who listened to us Friday night. 
It's as good as I felt about doing a show on ESPN Radio. And really just so much fun. I love working with Amber. Okay, so anyway, that's a little bit of house cleaning we wanted to get out of the way to start the show. We do have breaking news, which just happened a little while ago. And we'll circle back to it. Kim Ng, now former Marlins general manager. Shocking, right? Kim Ng, no longer the general manager of the Marlins. She has essentially stepped down. And we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to those details. We got Panthers, who are 0-2. Sucks. Back in action tonight. We'll get to that. We'll get to a little bit of that coming up also. Miami Hurricanes. Miami Heat last night. They win preseason style. Now 2-1 in the preseason, the Heat. But obviously, we are starting out. And, by the way, we got our Week 6 NFL rundown brought to us, as always, by Brunt Insurance. That's coming up in a few moments as well. Let's start with the Dolphins, though. So, we got... I... I I got the Johnny Cuba tailgate, Matt, and then straight from the tailgate yesterday. Why didn't you stay for the game, Zaslow? My son had a tournament, Soccer Locker Cup in Coral Springs. My son had a tournament all weekend. So I went straight from the stadium in the morning to meet them out in Coral Springs for the championship game. They won the championship. They went undefeated for the weekend. It was really cool. <coughs> My son, though, is still dealing with an injury. He couldn't participate, which sucks. But the team won, they went 4-0, and they won the championship for the weekend. So that's really neat. Uh, I'm bummed that my son didn't feel part of it. That, that, part, that part makes me sad. I'm, I'm, I'm hurt about that. But anyway, we're hoping he'll be back in the lineup. Not this weekend, but the week after, we're hoping he'll, he'll be back in goal. He has a broken finger, if you didn't know. I told the story last week. So anyway. Yeah, so I'm watching the Dolphin game on my phone at... This tournament at the championship game. And look, he, here's the bottom line. I liked the Dolphins seeing some adversity yesterday. It was rather shocking they were down 14 nothing. Panthers open up with a punt. Dolphins open up three and out. Super uncharacteristic. I mean, I feel like it's been every game this year the Dolphins opening drive results in a touchdown. They go three and out. Panthers score. Dolphins punt again. Panthers score. It's like... Whoa! So, 14-0. Look, I like that they saw some adversity. And down 14-0 at halftime. And then they score 42 consecutive points. 42 consecutive points! Here's the thing. When you are clearly a great team, you cannot get tripped up against lesser teams. It can't be one of those deals where it's the NFL, any given Sunday... You could beat anybody. You could lose to anybody. No. If you're a great team, you don't lose to the lesser teams. And if the Dolphins want to show that they're a great team, they faced some adversity yesterday, down 14-0. And instead of getting tired, they're just like, all right, we got three quarters left in this game. Let's get our act together. It's a full game. And our offense, we are so good that through the course of an entire game, 14-0, not that big of a deal. So I like that they faced some adversity yesterday. And if you are going to be a great team, which the Dolphins clearly are a great team, then you need to face some adversity and be able to overcome. And that's exactly what they did. And most important, I know they're now an 0-6 Panther team. But the bigger point to me is, if you're a great team, you don't get tripped up by the lesser teams. That's why going into the Buffalo game, it was like, and that game sucked, they lost by four touchdowns. But losing in Buffalo, there's no shame in that. That's a really good team. That's maybe a great team. But for instance, 
Buffalo's two losses, and they almost lost last night. They probably should have lost last night. Buffalo's two losses are to Jacksonville in London. That's a bad loss. And at home to the, uh, excuse me, at the Jets the first game of the season when they're shell-shocked with Aaron Rodgers leaving after four plays. Those are bad losses. And they almost lost again last night. The Dolphins don't have any of those. Obviously, the game against Buffalo was ugly, but losing at the Bills, a divisional rival, a Super Bowl contender, there's no shame in that. The shit teams that the Dolphins have played, Patriots, Panthers, Giants, they're kicking the shit out of these teams. These games are not in doubt late. So if you want to be a great team, you don't get tripped up by these lesser teams. You're not looking ahead to next week in Philadelphia. No, you're taking care of your own business. And the fact of the matter is, all right, they were down 14-0, but nothing changed. They kept doing their thing. And the defense at that point figured it out and gave up no more points the rest of the game. You had Mike White with the stupid pick six late in the game. So I liked what I saw from the Dolphins yesterday from a big picture perspective. They have another opportunity next week. By the way, have you seen this Philadelphia Eagles schedule coming up now? And that's why losing that game yesterday, the Eagles... At the Jets, you really had to have that game. Well, we had to have that game. They're 5-0. They're going to lose the game. Yes. I'm going to show you the Eagles' schedule in a second. At the Jets is a game that the Eagles really needed to win when you're considering what's coming up. But anyway, the Dolphins have another huge opportunity now next week. They've beaten the bad teams that they're supposed to. I just listed them for you. The Dolphins so far this year... We're going to find out a lot about our favorite little football team next week. Because the Dolphins so far this year are 0-1 in huge opportunities this season. Winning the games you're supposed to win is a major part of being a great team. But you have another huge opportunity next week. You don't want to go 0-2 in your two major chances, your two major opportunities. Yes, the Dolphins have everybody on notice. But you really put everybody on notice When you get a win at Buffalo, they lost. Or you get a win at Philadelphia. So they're 0-1 so far in major challenges. Beat the teams you're supposed to, super important. But you got to come away with some wins in your big-time challenges. And that's what the Dolphins are facing next week in Philadelphia. So I'm going to show you here now what this uh, Dolphin, what this... Eagle schedule looks like coming up. I, th- that was a damaging loss for the Eagles last night. Believe, I just f- at five and zero. Oh, yes, yes, that was a damaging loss for the Eagles because that's a game that you figure with their current schedule you really have to have. So look at the Eagles schedule coming up. They're hosting Miami next week. Then they're at Washington. Then they're hosting Dallas. At Kansas City, hosting Buffalo. Hosting San Francisco at Dallas. There can't possibly be a tougher schedule over the next seven weeks than what the Philadelphia Eagles have to deal with. Look at this. Miami at Washington. Dallas at Kansas City. Buffalo. San Francisco at Dallas. That is a brutal stretch. Over those next seven games for Philadelphia... 
They only played one team that is not over 500, and it's the Washington Commanders who are 500, who Philadelphia snuck past a few weeks ago in overtime. So this is a major challenge coming up next week for the Dolphins, but these next seven games, could the Eagles go 3-4 and four in those next games? A team that was 5-0, and oh, could they be sitting at 0-5 oh at the end of that stretch? Yeah. Yeah. So, damaging loss for Philadelphia last night, especially when you consider what San Francisco is doing, who lost their first game as well, for a team that you want to be the only team that gets the bye. You want to get the home field advantage. Damaging loss for the Eagles last night, and obviously you're going to get a fired-up team in a, in a crazy atmosphere that the Dolphins... I mean... Dolphins are walking into the Lions den next Sunday night with a major opportunity. Now, a couple other things that we really liked from the game yesterday. They do, just like I suspected, they do not miss Devon Achan. Not because Achan's not a good player, not because you don't love what he's done so far, but this team is running the football more so because of the work the offensive line is doing and what the passing game opens up for the running game. Those are more the reasons for what this team is doing running the football than what Devon Achan is doing running the football. Raheem Mostert, 117 yards again on the ground. Another multi-touchdown game. Two on the ground, one in the air. This team is running the ball the way they are because of the passing game, setting up that running game, and because of what a great job this offensive line is doing. They do not miss Devon Achan yesterday. They will not miss him for the next couple weeks. He's only expected to miss the four games that he's on the injured reserve for. So that's good news. And I don't think they're going to miss him for these next few games moving forward as well. Also, you got Jalen Phillips back yesterday. Bradley Chubb had a sack on the first drive, right? Like the third, fourth play of the game, whatever it was. This defense needs Chubb and Phillips to be difference makers. They seem like they're maybe a month away. Mid-November, from Jalen Ramsey making his debut. That's a major thing. You don't need me to tell you about how major that is. But this defense needs Chubb and Phillips to start pulling their weight. Christian Wilkins, so let's do this. After Dolphin wins, you know I give you my dogs. Let me tell you who my dogs were from yesterday's win. I got two dogs. Number one, Christian Wilkins. Two sacks yesterday, one early, one late. He has three and a half sacks on the season now. I think that was his total from last year. You would think that Christian Wilkins is going to have a big year in a contract year. I think it's pretty clear because he had a great game last week and he had a really good game yesterday. I think it's pretty clear now that Christian Wilkins' inactivity the first few weeks of the season has to be because of his lack of activity in training camp and the preseason. He had a great game two weeks ago. Another really good game yesterday. He's now pulling his weight on that defensive line. So you look at the guys who are supposed to be playmakers, supposed to be difference makers. Wilkins, Chubb, Phillips. Wilkins is now pulling his weight. Phillips just returned yesterday. Chubb did get a sack yesterday. Those guys in the front seven, those guys have to be difference makers when whether Jalen Ramsey returns in mid-November or not. So, my dogs yesterday, number one, Christian Wilkins was my dog. And number two, Raheem Mostert was my dog. Picking up the slack. 
not even picking up the slack for A-Champ being gone. Just continuing to do what he does. I mean, guys like Savan Ahmed and Chris Brooks, who got some playing time late, those are the guys you need to pick up the slack for A-Chan. Mostert just needs to keep doing what he does, and that's running all over the place. So 117 yards yesterday. He was great through the air as well. He had the touchdown early in the game, three touchdowns total. I think he has nine now on the season. And at 31 years old, he is on pace well on his way for over 1,000 yards in a season, which, believe it or not, he has never had in his career. He's on pace right now for something like 1,300 yards for the season, which would crush his career high, which I think was last year a little less than 900 yards. So my two dogs from yesterday, Christian Wilkins starting to look like a big-time game-changer, and Raheem Mostert continuing to do his thing. And now you got another biggest game in years for the Dolphins next week. Every time they play a big game this year, just like the Buffalo game a few weeks ago, it's the biggest game for this team in years. This is a Super Bowl contending team. Anytime you play a game like this weekend in Philadelphia, it becomes the biggest game they've played in years. So that's what we're setting up for for this weekend. And by the way, we have a Zaslow Show 2.0 poll question today. You can go to at Zaslow Show. You could vote. You could check that out. Here's what we got. Here's today's question. It's, it's a doozy. Zaslow Show 2.0 poll. Who is the best team in the AFC? Very controversial. Here's what we got. Who is the best team in the AFC? Your answers are Dolphins, Chiefs, Bills, Other. Right now, the leader with 76% of the vote. The Dolphins are the best team in the AFC. The others, Chiefs have 21%. Bills have 2%. Other is 1%. I don't know who you're voting for with other, but anyway. How, oh, this poll is so biased. How could, you, how could the Dolphins be 76% and the Bills just 2% when the Bills beat them? Like I said, if you're a contending team, you don't get tripped up against the shit teams. The Dolphins have had one bad game this year, and yes, it was head-to-head with Buffalo. So if you want to make the case that Buffalo's better than the Dolphins, you have a leg to stand on. But Buffalo has been tripped up by two teams in games they should have won, Jacksonville, New York Jets, and they should have lost last night to the Giants. Dolphins don't have any games like that. Dolphins have one bad performance, and it was a loss to Buffalo. Every other game, they're either kicking the shit out of the teams, or the first game of the year, they get a real good win at the Los Angeles Chargers. So, 76% of the people and myself are on the same page. And you know the Chiefs coming off of Thursday Night Football. This is not the same Chiefs team of years past. I'm not afraid of this Chiefs team when the Dolphins go to Germany and they face Kansas City. To me, the Dolphins are the best team in the AFC right now. And tied for the best record in the NFL at 5-1. So, you can go vote right now. At Zaslow Show on Twitter. Love getting the participation from you guys. And the Dolphins now at 5-1. Everyone's feeling good here on a Monday morning. You know what also makes, makes all of us feel good? When we wake up in the morning, we're refreshed after getting great sleep. And you know how we're getting great sleep here in the Zaslow Mansion? I sleep on Sheets and Giggles. SheetsGiggles.com. The only place the Zaslow family gets their bed sheets from. We got the sheets. We got the pillowcases. 
The best comforter I've ever slept on in my life. I sleep on a eucalyptus pillow. Not just pillowcase, a eucalyptus pillow. If a koala sleeps up to 18 hours on a eucalyptus tree, how comfortable do you think it is to sleep on a eucalyptus pillow or a eucalyptus mattress? It's time for you to find out. Sheetsgiggles.com. Use promo code ZASLOW. Z-A-S-L-O-W. Promo code ZASLOW at Sheetsgiggles.com. And you're going to get 20% off your first order at Sheetsgiggles.com. Guys, everybody wants to wake up feeling refreshed, having the best sleep of their life. And I'm never getting better sleep than I am sleeping on sheets and giggles. Sheetsgiggles.com. The best sleep of your life on their irresistibly soft eucalyptus sheets. They're not only soft, but also breathable. You could sleep cool and comfortable all night long. Support the sponsors that support the show. That's how we keep everything free for you guys. Sheetsgiggles.com. Use promo code Zazlo. Get your 20% off your first order. All right, guys. You know what time it is. Let's get to our week six NFL rundown. Our NFL rundown every Monday is brought to us by Brunt Insurance, the only insurance agency you're going to hear on Zaslow Show 2.0 is where I've been getting my homeowner's insurance for about 10 years now. That's right. I am a loyal customer with Brunt Insurance because I know that my home is covered from top to bottom. I don't have to lay awake at night wondering, God forbid something happens, am I going to be covered? I am covered because the team at Brunt Insurance, they go over the entire policy with you from start to finish. Their agents specialize in finding the right policy, and then they educate you on all your options to make sure you know the ins and outs of your policy of choice. Plus, not only do I know I'm covered, but I'm getting it at the most affordable rate out there. And wherever you're calling from, Brunt Insurance has offices all throughout the state of Florida. So from Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance has you covered. Now, if you're looking for affordable care that offers the best coverage as well on your motorcycle or your automobile or your boat, you're making the right call as well. 954-589-2204, bruntinsurance.com. The team at Brunt Insurance has the expertise and experience to find the perfect coverage for you. Again, 954-589-2204, bruntinsurance.com. Let's get to our week six NFL rundown. Let's start things out with Sunday morning. They were overseas. Baltimore, the Ravens with a 24-16 win over the Tennessee Titans. Baltimore improves to 4-2. The Titans drop to 2-4. It kind of feels like... (coughs) You know, at two and two, it looked like Tennessee was going to be, you know, like a, like a like a good team, a solid team like they normally are. Hard to feel that way now after the last couple weeks. Lamar Jackson, 21 for 30, 223 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Good bounce back overseas after a loss to the Steelers last week. Zay Flowers, the rookie, had six catches for 50 yards and his first touchdown. Lamar. Dancing around, flings it to Flowers. Touchdown! So there you go. Zay Flowers finds the end zone for the first time in his career. It'll be the first of many. He's a nice little receiver, and Baltimore gets their fourth win of the season. They now sit atop that AFC North division. 
The Washington Commanders would get a 24-16 win over the Atlanta Falcons. Sam Howell was 14 for 23, 151 yards, three touchdowns. Drake London, nine catches for 125 yards. Kyle Pitts, four catches for 43 yards. He finally scores a touchdown. Washington and Atlanta are both 3-3 three and three now. The Cincinnati Bengals, all right, are they starting to get it together? Joe Burrow was 24 for 35 for 185 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Jamar Chase, six catches for 80 yards. Cincinnati beats Seattle 17-13. Geno Smith was 27 for 41 for 323 yards and two interceptions. Here's the postgame locker room and Bengals head coach Zach Taylor. Hey, for one second, that was not easy. But at the end of the day, you guys found a way to pull it out. Three, three, hats off to you guys, man. That, that team, all three phases, we've all watched the tape. That's a good football team, man. And so they gave us their best shot. We gave ours. We came out on top. We're really proud of you guys. Okay? A couple guys uh, stood out. Yoshi, first, first touchdown. Yeah. The last four times they drove down there in the low red zone, Not one deep. field goal, two turnovers on down, nice. one turnover, nice. they got three points nice. in the last four red zones. That's awesome. Nice. Give it up. Yeah, you get a game ball. Yeah. Some Yoshi. Yeah. And then the next one goes the entire defense, man. Yeah. Everyone's in the game ball. Our defense. For what you guys did today, man, it's really impressive. And there's three times the defense is picking up the offense. The offense picking up the defense. Special teams taking over. That's what great teams do. They just figure it out, man. They figure it out on any given Sunday. And right now, you guys are three and three. And I expect to see you guys fresh and ready to roll on Monday when we show back up here. Monday. Are you good on that? Okay. This goes to the whole defense. Who's breaking us down? Cam, Cam, Hey, we had the crib, man. It was great to get the dub with y'all. Let's do it right. Who they? Who they? Who they? They gon' be the Bengals. Who they? Who they? Who they? They gon' be the Bengals. So Cincinnati is right now back in the thick of things after the rough start to the season. They were 0 2. They're now 3 and 3. They're a game back in number one Baltimore in a very crowded AFC North. The Jacksonville Jaguars. They do what you're supposed to do. A 37-20 win over the now Gardner Minshew-led Indianapolis Colts. Jacksonville improves to 4-2. Indianapolis drops to 3-3. Three three. That was a battle for first place there. And also pretty crowded right now. AFC North South, a division that's, I think, a lot better than people thought it was going to be. Trevor Lawrence, 20 for 30, 181 yards, nothing spectacular. Two touchdowns and an interception. Here's the Jaguars quarterback postgame. I thought we were really efficient. We were moving the ball. Um, we were attacking, you know, all those things. You know, you could, you could probably tell watching the game. That's what it felt like. Um, and then in the second half, I just think that we got to execute better, like I said, whether that's on first down, not having a, a negative play or, or whatever it is, not having a miscommunication with me and Christian. You know, that's something where we've, we've played a lot together now, and we have to be better, and I have to be better at, at you know, making things – clear in that situation they did a good job brought up pressure and you know we were able to, that's the one thing you don't want is in that situation to turn it over 
in our territory and give them the ball back there. That's really the only way they have a chance is if you give them turnovers and you know you don't execute on offense. So that was something where definitely need to clean up, and that's something that we can take away from to get better at. But we did everything we needed to do to win, and we took advantage of the opportunities that we had. When we had a short field, we scored, um, and that was just that was kind of the story today. Travis Etienne had 18 carries for 55 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Gardner Minshew in the loss, 33 for 55. You're not winning games, Gardner Minshew throwing 55 times. 329 yards, a touchdown, and three interceptions. The Minnesota Vikings get just their second win of the season over Chicago, 19-13. Justin Fields, he got hurt in this game. The Bears dropped to 1-5. That's a game I thought was winnable for Chicago. The Vikings, 2-4. Kirk Cousins, who is not expected to waive his no-trade clause, 21 for 31, 181 yards and a touchdown. TJ Hawkinson had six catches for 50 yards. Maybe the game of the afternoon. The Cleveland Browns tagged the San Francisco 49ers with their first loss of the season. The Niners now 5-1. They had a chance to win it late, San Francisco. All they needed was a field goal from the rookie, Jake Moody. He put him in this position. Now it's up to Moody to finish it. From 41. Moody. No good! A tremendous performance from that Browns defense. You got to note, you had Debo Samuel hurt. You had Christian McCaffrey hurt. That plays a big deal. Brock Purdy was 12 for 27. 125 yards, a touchdown and interception, his first loss in the regular season. And here's here's what's here's how football really is a game of inches. You know, we could talk today about how Brock Purdy was not any good yesterday, especially it took away his weapons like Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey. But if Jake Moody makes that field goal, a makeable field goal, if he makes that kick, the Niners win. And instead of talking about Brock Purdy struggling without his stars, we're talking about Brock Purdy. He had a bad game, but he was gutsy and was still able to engineer the game-winning drive to win a tough game on the road. But instead, something that has nothing to do with him, the kicker misses, and that is not the conversation today. Here is Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski after the game. Coach Schwartz uh, and the defensive staff were outstanding all week, really. Uh, you know, I go back to our Wednesday practice. I told the team after practice, I said, if you measure a practice by how it sounds, we had the best practice of our season because the energy was off the charts and, and it was led by the defense. It's led by Oboe and Z and Dalvin and Juan and, and you know, all those guys, JOK, you name them. They're, they brought the energy all week. They, they were so excited for this challenge. Um, and I thought coach put those guys in position to go make plays. PJ Walker for Cleveland, third string quarterback, 18 for 34, 192 yards, two interceptions. Christian McCaffrey before leaving the game in the third quarter with an oblique injury. 11 carries for 43 yards, three catches for nine yards and a touchdown. Cleveland now three and two. They're a half game back of first place. Baltimore's a game they had to have, especially with Deshaun Watson. Well, not had to have. You didn't expect to beat San Francisco, so it's almost a bonus win for the Browns. The Niners drop to five and one. Browns win 19-17. The Houston Texans, you got to figure, D'Amico Ryans, that's coach of the year candidate right now. The Texans beat the Saints 20-13. That team sucks. Both teams are now 3-3. C.J. Stroud, easy frontrunner for Rookie of the Year. 13 for 27, 199 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Nico Collins, four catches for 80 yards. Derek Carr, 
32 for 50, 353 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Here's Texans head coach D'Amico Ryans in the postgame locker room. Love this team, love the energy, love the way you guys play for each other, fight for each other, special unit. All right, let's keep grinding, let's keep getting better. All right, we'll take a little time off this week. Come back, ready to grind and get better to finish out this season. Love you guys, proud of you guys. Appreciate it. Man! Can't be more fired up. Texas! Has to be a coach of the year candidate there, D'Amico Ryans. Excellent job out of him. How about Las Vegas yesterday? The Raiders improved to 3-3. Josh McDaniels, he owns Bill Belichick. Vegas beats the Patriots 21-17. The Patriots might be the worst team in the NFL, and there is no light at the end of the tunnel. They have nothing to build on. It's an awful roster. Mac Jones sucks balls. The Patriots drop to 1-5, and and here is a terrible interception from the Patriots quarterback. Jones rushed out. On the run. Intercepted. Right into the arms. Morag. Your starting quarterback in the NFL, Mac Jones, was 24 for 33 yesterday. 200 yards and that awful interception. Brian Hoyer had to replace Jimmy Garoppolo, who got hurt. So Bill Belichick lost to Josh McDaniels and Brian Hoyer. Hoyer was 6 for 10 for 102 yards. Vegas wins 21-17. Patriots drop to 1-5. and You'd love to see it. The Detroit Lions, you want to talk about not getting tripped up against the bad teams. Not that Tampa Bay's bad, but Detroit went into Tampa and beats the Bucks soundly, 20-6. They improved to 5-1. Buccaneers dropped to 3-2. Jared Goff, he continues his career renaissance, 30 for 44, 353 yards, two touchdowns. Amon Ross St. Brown, 12 catches for 124 yards and a touchdown. Baker Mayfield was 19 for 37, 206 yards and an interception. The Los Angeles Rams improved to 3-3 with a 26-9 win over Arizona. Matthew Stafford was 15 for 24, 226 yards and a touchdown. He found Cooper Cup for his first score of the year. Third down and eight, tenth play of the drive, end zone, touchdown, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup, seven catches, 148 yards, and a touchdown. The Rams are three and three. The Cardinals drop to one and five. Sunday night football, no, sorry, late, late slate on Sunday. This was a great game. Now, you know it's always fuck the Jets in the Zaslow Mansion. But that game was awesome yesterday. The Jets improved to 3-3 three and three and tagged the Eagles with their first loss of the season, 20-14. The Eagles have the ball mid-fourth of 14-12. The Jets' defense was sensational. They get an interception. They almost get all the way to the end zone. They only had four field goals at that point. The offense wasn't doing shit all game. Finally, the offense is able to punch it in from about 10 yards out. They take a 20-14 lead, and the Eagles, they would turn it over on downs. The Jets would hang on to win this one. Zach Wilson, 19 for 33, 186 yards. Garrett Wilson, 8 catches for 90 yards. Jalen Hurts struggled, 28 for 45, 280 yards, a touchdown, and 3 interceptions. He had 47 yards rushing, including a touchdown. 
Here's the Jets head coach Robert Sala in the postgame locker room. Last night I talked about the things that inspire me. The things that inspire me, that the people in my life. Y'all inspire the shit out of everybody in this fucking league. Every single play, the way the resolve, the fight, defense going out there, pitch a fucking shutout in the second half. Offense, offense, moving the ball up and down the field. We're that fucking close. Let's go. Family on three. One, two, three. Family! Jets have absolutely played above expectation now with Aaron Rodgers out, getting to three and three. You have to think with how good this Jets defense is, without Sauce Gardner yesterday, that if they did have... Now, I was not a believer in the Jets, but it's hard not to believe that if they had Aaron Rodgers, that they wouldn't be uh, a contending-type team at their 3-3 and right now, with the offense really doing very little. All right, finally, Sunday night football. This game, I mean, you, t you talk about bad offense, you talk about terrible quarterback decisions, coaching decisions, the Buffalo Bills, they would come back, they were down 6-0, I think going into the fourth quarter, it was 6-0, the Buffalo, or go, at least going into the second half, I didn't see the end of the game, Buffalo is up 14-9 on the Giants, Buffalo tries to kick a field goal late in the game, and about the 44, they miss it, so the Giants get the good field position, they manage to drive down the field, Tyrod Taylor in for Daniel Jones, who of course we know is hurt. They end up getting an untimed down because they got a pass interference call on the goal line as they were driving. So one final play here with Buffalo up 14 to nine, and you had Tyrod Taylor looking over the middle for Darren Waller. Same spot of where it happened in the first half. The game's final play. Taylor over the top to Waller. Can't bring it in. Taron Johnson defends. snap of each half at the one yard line. So the line. Bills survived. They really shouldn't have. The Bills survived 14 to 9. The Giants almost did the Dolphins a huge solid. If the Dolphins could have been two up on the Bills and still hanging on to that final game of the season in Miami against Buffalo, that would have been enormous. But like the Dolphins are not getting tripped up by these shitburger teams. The Bills have been tripped up twice, and they almost lost at home last night to the Giants. Dolphins are better than the Bills. I understand Buffalo kicked their ass head to head. Dolphins are better than the Bills. The Bills improved to 4-2. Giants dropped to 1-5. You had the whole situation. By the way, if that's a marquee team, they're getting a holding call or another pass interference call on that final play. Darren Waller was absolutely held right before he goes up for that pass. Uh, terrible job by the official there. But overall, a terrible job by Brian Dayball and Tyrod Taylor. A disaster at the end of the first half. You heard Tariko there say how each half ended on the one-yard line for the Giants. And they just ran out of time. Couldn't even kick a field goal at the end of the first half. You think that may have played a role? Losing a game by five when you left the first half with no points. And you could have kicked a field goal at the very end of regulation. Josh Allen, 19 for 30, 169 yards, two touchdowns and interception. Stephon Diggs, 10 catches for 100 yards. Saquon Barkley made his return. He had 24 rushes 
for 93 yards tonight. Week 6 of the NFL wraps up with Dallas at the Chargers on Monday Night Football. And that right there is our Week 6 NFL Rundown, brought to us, as always, by Brunt Insurance, 954-589-2204. Go to bruntinsurance.com for any and all of your insurance needs. All right, excellent job. Great job by everybody who puts that segment together every Monday. So, we get shocking news this morning coming out of the Miami Marlins. We talked about this last week, or a little more than a week ago when the Marlins were eliminated from the playoffs, that this season was a roaring success, and now, in order to get fans the ballpark, this is a Marlins fan base that has been just crushed for decades. One good season with no playoff wins, one good season is not going to change things around. Now... You need to build off of this. You look at the Florida Panthers. The Florida Panthers, I'm not counting the the COVID year. The Florida Panthers, for the first time in franchise history, have made the postseason three consecutive years. After they make the postseason in 2021 and lose in the first round a great series to the eventual Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning, you're not going to get the fans selling out that arena every single game just yet. Can you have some sustained success. Well, the next year, they went and won the President's Trophy. And then the next year, they got to the Stanley Cup Final. Now, that's sustained success. That's how you build on the first successful year, whatever your definition of success is. So now, the Panthers are cooking as far as the fan base goes. The Marlins enter a very, very important offseason If you want to build on the first time in 20 years that the Marlins have made the postseason in a 162-game schedule, not retaining the general manager would not be the way to keep the momentum going. Kim Ng resigns, steps away, however you want to look at it. Maybe it was kind of forced out as Marlins general manager And the Marlins now are searching for a new general manager. Kim Ng, three years as general manager, really only two years with control because that bum-ass Derek Jeter was still here that first year. And Kim Ng now, after great trades in the middle of the season, makes the postseason for the first time in 20 years, is gone. While the championship series are still going on, The Marlins are now looking for a new general manager. It is an embarrassment. That is an embarrassing look for the Miami Marlins. This big of an offseason to try and get this thing going. If you're a Marlins fan, how can you possibly trust this owner? This is a disgrace that Bruce Sherman allowed her to leave. I'm not going to sit here and tell you like Kim Ng is amazing. Because I didn't like the job she did before this year. But give credit where credit's due. She did an excellent job this year. But whether I like Kimming or not, the way to sustain success, the way to continue building on what was a successful season is not by allowing the general manager, who by all accounts this year did an excellent job, 
the way to build on this thing and prove that you're in it to win it if you're the new owner and not a cheapskate is by is, is definitely not by allowing the general manager to leave. It's not by looking for a new general manager because the reality of it is you know that Kim Ng, who was going into the final year of the deal, it was a mutual option. Team picks up the option. She picks up the option. There you go. You know that after this kind of season, she wants some security. She wants a new contract. And the way it reads is the owner, very cheap Bruce Sherman, decided to penny pinch and was not willing to reward the general manager with a new contract. Now, maybe Kaming said, you know what? I think I'm hot right now. There are other jobs out there. Maybe I want to leave and I can make more money there. Well, if that's the case, then Bruce Sherman should have ponied up the money to keep the general manager, to keep this franchise headed in the right direction. And instead, now you have a, a, a manager going into just his second year, and now you're looking for a new general manager. This is a terrible, cheapskate look for the owner, Bruce Sherman. These quotes here are from Tyler Kepner. He covers MLB for The Athletic. Just spoke with Kim Ng, who stepped down as Marlins GM this morning. She said, quote, Last week, Bruce and I discussed his plan to reshape the baseball operations department. In our discussions, it became apparent that we were not completely aligned on what that should look like, and, if, and I felt it best to step away. I wish to express my sincere gratitude and appreciation to the Marlins family and its fans for my time in South Florida. This year was a great step forward for the organization, and I will miss working with Skip and his coaches, as well as all of the dedicated staff in baseball operations and throughout the front office. They are a very talented group, and I wish them great success in the future. End quote. So, I'm not saying that the Marlins' continuing success hinges on Kim Ng as this team's general manager. But what I am saying is, for a franchise that has no sustainability, that has screwed the fans for years, that heading into an offseason after making the postseason for the first time in 20 years and not coming to terms with your general manager, allowing her to potentially go into next year as a lame duck and being a cheapskate and not willing to fork over the money and the contract to keep her around is an awful Bush League move from the owner, Bruce Sherman. It's an embarrassment. That's a terrible job. And now, after good vibes for this Marlins team this season, the Marlin fan, rightfully so, can look at this owner as a boob. Really, really disappointing that it got to this place. And like I said, I, I don't think Kimming is the be-all, end-all. Not by any stretch. But you can't have any confidence in this owner being able to to properly run this baseball team. It's an embarrassment that the Marlin fan woke up to today. Terrible job. Terrible job. All right. The Heat won last night. That's not a terrible job. The Heat won last night. They beat Memphis. And here, here so yeah, Jimmy Butler's not going to play any preseason. He's, got, he's had dental procedure, which keeps him out all the way till he'll be ready for opening night. Keeps him out until right up at opening night. You didn't have Caleb Martin last night, who hasn't played yet this preseason. Nikola Jovic, who always seems to be hurt. He was out last night, too. And Jaime Jaquez, who got hurt in the first game. He's missed two games in a row now. So, you had a bunch of guys who were out. You had guys like Tyler Hero were playing. Bam Adebayo was playing. 
Kyle Lowry was playing. But I think the guy that everybody is noticing right now is Jamal Cain. Now, Tyler Hero last night had a big game. Tyler, what did he, he finish with? 30 last night, Tyler Hero? Tyler Hero finished with 30 points. He was 11 of 19, 4 for 7 from 3. Tyler Hero, Tyler Hero FU Tour is in full swing even though it's preseason. Bam had 26 last night. But Jamal Kane, after Wolves, I think he had 24 points and 10 rebounds uh, in San Antonio. Jamal Kane last night, 14 points and 7 rebounds off the bench. So Jamal Kane looking like he could be that next guy or one of those next guys in line in the Heat developmental system. And the thing that has stood out the most to me with the Heat right now, there are so many guys that I want to see play. So if you if, if the starting lineup, like let's just say Lowry's going to start, which sucks, but let's just say Lowry starts. So your starting lineup, Lowry, Hero, Butler, let's say it's Martin. Martin and Adebayo. Off the bench, you know guys that are going to play off the bench are Kevin Love, Josh Richardson, Thomas Bryant, That's eight guys right there. Now you're still talking guys like Jamal Cain, Haywood Highsmith, Jaime Jaquez, Duncan Robinson, Nikola Jovic. That's 13 guys. That's an entire active roster that I just named. All those guys are not playing. You're probably only going 10 deep most games. So if I just gave you eight guys that are guaranteed in the rotation, of the other guys that you want to see play, Kane, or that I want to see play, Kane, Highsmith, Jovich, Haquez, only two of those guys are going to be in the rotation. Which two of those guys? We all want to see Haquez. I want to see Haywood Highsmith. We all... Jamal Kane, based on what you're seeing so far, the only way you're able to take that next step in the Heat developmental system is if you're playing. And then Nikola Jovic. I'll tell you right now, Jovic could be on the outside. He's always hurt. You gotta play, man. He's always hurt. Jovic is not gonna be in the rotation to start the season, which is disappointing. But that's the big thing that I'm noticing right now is there's a bunch of guys who I want to see play and I don't know where they're going to get the minutes for them. I want to see Jamal Cain out there. I want to see Haywood Highsmith out there. I, I definitely want to see Jaime Jaquez out there. And I'm down on Jovich. He's always hurt. So I'm not going to sit here and say, I want to see Jovich. I mean, I do, but like, you're always hurt, bro. So that's the main thing that has stood out to me so far with the Heat in these preseason games. Their next preseason game is Wednesday. Final preseason home game. It's Wednesday against Brooklyn. And then you got one more. It's at Houston before the regular season starts a week from this Wednesday when they're hosting the Detroit Pistons. So there you go. By the way, I want to mention something here about Zach Thomas. Yeah, Zach Thomas. So Zach Thomas was honored yesterday at halftime of the Dolphins game. He was honored for, you know, getting into the Hall of Fame. He got like some type of ring or whatever. And this was really cool. Why was this really cool? Zach Thomas runs out onto the field with his three kids following him. You got a bunch of former Dolphins who were there congratulating him. And a great crowd on hand to cheer for him. 
And the reason that I like this, the reason this was important to me, when Zach Thomas was put into the Ring of Honor, it was at the same time with Jason Taylor. So Zach Thomas and Jason Taylor both went to the Ring of Honor, whatever it was, like 10 years ago. It was a halftime ceremony. It was not a good Dolphin team, and I'm pretty sure they were down big at halftime. But besides that, it was a brutal crowd. And the people who were there, it was so hot. It was before the renovations. They go inside to the concourse level. And Jason Taylor and Zach Thomas are being honored in front of nobody. And I remember Jason Taylor talking about Dolphin fans who are the best fans in the world. And it's like, it's laughable. There's no one there. And it's like that, that's an embarrassment for two of the greatest ever, Jason Taylor and Zach Thomas. And they deserved so much better. So at least in this instance now, Zach Thomas got a a proper honoring, if you will. It was a great crowd in the stands. They stayed in their seats. And Zach Thomas was honored for making the Hall of Fame the way that he should have been honored. A much greater honor from the fans there than when he was inducted into the Ring of Honor at the stadium. So I was happy to see that for Zach. He deserved all of that. Good job by the Dolphin fans staying in their seat there. It was such an embarrassment when they were inducted into the Ring of Honor. You remember what I'm talking about, right? So I felt really good for Zach. He deserved all of that. You know what you deserve? If you're in the market for a new car, you deserve something nice, something affordable, and an easy process to get out of the dealership feeling good about your most recent purchase. And that's why I send you to the only car dealership I personally endorse, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. At North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, you're going to get greeted by a member of their sales team. They're going to ask you what you're looking for. They're going to navigate you in the right direction because North Fort Lauderdale Subaru carries the widest inventory of newest Subaru models on the market. That includes the Ascent, the Crosstrek, the Outback, the Forester. Whether you're looking for a spacious Subaru SUV for the family or maybe just a reliable Subaru sedan for your daily commute, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru is sure to have the perfect model for you. And at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, you know you're getting that North Fort Lauderdale Subaru promise. Guaranteed most money for your trade. Three-day exchange policy out the door in 90 minutes or less after you say yes. 100% credit approval. Lifetime vehicle warranty. Shop right now. NFLSubaru.com. NFLSubaru.com. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, conveniently located on North Andrews Avenue, just north of Cypress Creek Road. The building you know and the place to go, nflsubaru.com, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. So tonight, you got a doubleheader as far as Major League Baseball goes. Last night, ALCS Game 1 saw the Rangers a 2 nothing win at the Astros. They'll look to take both games in Houston. Can they go up 2-0 tonight? That's at 4.37 this afternoon. And NLCS Game 1, Diamondbacks at Phillies at 8.07. That's a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal? How about the Dolphins yesterday? They win 42-21. And in the postgame locker room, here's the head coach, Mike McDaniel. 
Anybody here born after 2002? First time Dolphins are 5-1 since 2002. And then this one was a big one because we were down 14-0. You find out a lot about a people when unforeseen circumstances happen. And I saw no panic, no blink, no come to Jesus with people. People were confident as hell, okay? All we did was give us another reason to be confident because of that adversity that we battled through. Very proud of the collective effort, and this week was a big one for us as we move forward. Hey, good game, y'all, you know what I'm saying? But we gotta build on it, you know? Got a real tough opponent coming up, you feel me? So let's build on it, you know? One, two, three. Family, family. That's a big deal. Like I said, you deal with a little bit of adversity, nobody blinks. And the Dolphins now five and one, tied for the best record in the NFL. That's a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. So we mentioned the clock situation, Brian Dayball, New York Giants, at the end of the first half, Tyrod Taylor, I mean, he didn't look like he had a clue what was going on. They snap the ball from the goal line. They hand it off to Barkley. There's 10 seconds left. They have no timeouts. Tyrod Taylor looked like he didn't know the time situation, the, the timeout situation. He was very nonchalant. Then when he finally realizes it, they're not even close to getting the, the snap to clock it, and time runs out on them. 14 seconds left. It's tough to get a second play off. Just, they're going to hand it off. It's Barkley. He's trying to run. He's not going to get there. Can they get it down? I don't think so. They're not going to do it. Five seconds and four. Giants trying to get on the ball. They can't. And that's a terrible, terrible clock management end of the half. That's awful. First and goal at the one. Dable frustrated that Barkley was held down there and could not get back up. Mike, was there an audible at the line of scrimmage? He goes to his helmet, because right? Because you can see, and he's talking to Taylor right now and going, yeah, that play is called an option play, but you don't have the option to call a running play there. It's probably one of those run-pass options, and you could see that when he sort of tapped his helmet, he went to the second of those options, but on the goal line, you can't do that one. You just simply, that that option is off the table. Now, maybe you get after the coaching staff and say it shouldn't have been an option, but that is unbelievable. That's a big deal, and Brian Dable, I mean, he was chewing out Tyrod Taylor as they're walking to the locker room for the third quarter. A terrible look for everybody involved. Everyone was so high on Brian Dayball last year. That's a big deal. Right now, this giant team is a disaster. And speaking of which, so to start the third quarter, here's Melissa Stark. She's reporting to Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth as she tries to get a word with Brian Dayball entering the halftime locker room. Mike, I walked off the field with Brian Dable at the end of the end of the half, and he was also talking to Tyrod Taylor at the same time. Very red in the face. I asked about clock management at the end of the first half. He said in a very frustrated way, I don't want to talk about it. So I tried to ask about some positives, like the takeaways, and he said, Melissa, I am so sorry. My head is not in this. I cannot focus on anything right now. Yeah, that was uh, one of those moments where you understand the frustration. That's a big deal. And finally, the Hurricanes. Oh, my God, the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes on Saturday night, they get their shit kicked in. Tyler Van Dyke for the second week in a row. After everyone was hyping him and praising him so much for the second week in a row, he was terrible. 
I mean, they, they winning at UNC, you, you got to play close to perfect. But man, that forget about playing perfect. The Canes just gave that game away. Giving the ball up all over the place. The Canes fan is very mad. I told you, this if the Canes lose at UNC, especially if it's ugly, which it was, this is going to be a turning point for Mario Cristobal. Coming off of what happened against Georgia Tech, the fan base is going to be out for blood, and they were. So Brett Romberg, our former co-host, he tweets out, Attention all Canes football fans. First off, I understand. Second, Coach Brown at UNC has had five years to build what we lost to tonight. Yes, we are 0-5 versus UNC, I know. This is a massive multi-year development project that just laid the foundation. We will be competitive nationally. All right, that's a big deal because I think Brett's right. I th- now, now, he loves Cristobal. He's tight with Cristobal, obviously. He, he doesn't want to speak down about the program, so you got to be fair. But it also can be that Brett's right. You're not going to be a great team with Cristobal as the coach in year number two. Not just because, as Brett is clearly alluding to there, he's taken over a lousy situation. Manny Diaz was fucking terrible. But it take and it takes time to fix that lousy situation. But it's also because Cristobal, he's not a great coach. Tremendous recruiter. And it's going to take a few years to get all those great players that he's going to recruit on the team to overcome what isn't a great X's and O's guy. And right now, you have a coach who's not a great X's and O's guy, who's kind of a meatball, we saw that last week, that that is recruiting great players, but still needs a couple more classes. And then it gets to a place where it doesn't matter that Chris Wall is not a great coach. What matters is there's just so much talent. And they're going to be nationally relevant when that's the case. So I'm going a big deal, and I do think Brett is right. And that right there is another edition of Big Deal or Not a Big Deal. Yes. All right. A good show. A lot going on here, Tess. A good show. Dolphin fans feeling good. Marlin fan is annoyed. The pan- Can the Panthers get a win tonight? Are they going to go 0-3 to start the year, losing all three games on the road? Home opener is this Thursday against Toronto. Need these two points tonight. Come on. Let's go. It's going to affect my mood for the rest of the week if the Panthers lose tonight. We got Monday Night Raw. It's the season premiere of Monday Night Raw, so this is a big one. And you got Chargers and Cowboys. That's a fun game. I'm into that for Monday Night Football. All right. Today's show brought to us by Bet Online. Thanks, everybody, as always, for listening to the show. I love you guys. Love my sponsors as well. Make sure you support the sponsors who support the show. That's how we keep this thing going. That's how it's always going to be free for you guys. That's how the show still remains viable. That's how the show stays viable. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor, you can always hit me up. We'll see if it works for your business. We'll see if it works for the show. We'll have a chat. Thanks to everybody who helped put together a great show. As always, I can't do it without all your hard work. We'll talk to you on Zaslow Show 2.0 tomorrow. Go with that. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. 
I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, you got special holiday prices on six-packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing. 